Algar Productions. Despite the title, the following podcast is most decidedly not for kids. This is the Kids Love Batman Beyond podcast with your hosts, Maggie Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Episode 103, King's Ransom and Untouchable with Jason Wallace. Hi, pals. We're back once again. I am Al. I'm Maggie. I'm Jason. See? I knew you'd get it. Welcome. I, I, yeah, I, smooth as silk. Mm-hmm. I have to I have to brief our guests like, oh, we're this is how we open the show now. Yep. I always forget until the last second. So just uh, just say your name. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure it just throws them into it like, oh, fuck, wait, wait what's my name? And I, I don't mean that to mock you. I mean, I would be the same in that situation, like just being put on the spot like that. It's like, I've oh, never heard uh, a name uh, in my life. Oh, God. Uh, uh. Pass. <laughs> you can't pass on your name. Watch me. <laughs> we are cracking into season three of Batman Beyond, which apparently, Jason, first time you've ever seen this show. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes, I, I've always been sort of aware of Batman Beyond and and Terry McGinnis and all that stuff on the periphery, mm-hmm. right? But I've never actually sat down to watch like a full episode. Yeah, like, I maybe I've seen a clip here or there, but yeah, this will be my first uh, time uh, seeing what Batman Beyond has to offer. Oh, and wow. it's not it's not great. <laughs> well, I yeah, swear this... it gets better, or it I mean, got better, and then it got I... worse. Pretty much the entire first season is gold, and mm-hmm. then it dipped a bit. But it's it's coming back real soon. And if you nothing know who's, else, uh, you know who's missing from the fir- after the first season, my boy Blight. That's true. The whole uh, name, the, the glowing skeleton. Yep. Who whole is series hinged on him? Yeah. I wish I understood that reference. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's too bad too, because he gets a name drop in this episode, and you're probably like, "Wait, what are you talking about?" <laughs> I have no idea. Well, it's, picture okay, a glowing skeleton and then put him in a business suit. So imagine okay. Lex Luthor and Skeletor, uh-huh. Uh-huh. but also there's some glowing involved. That's mm-hmm. basically like it's it's not Skeletor, Skeletor it's Scareglow, the other He Man skeleton. Oh, I don't think I knew about Scareglow. Oh, or if he... I did, actually, I, I'm sure we've had this conversation and I just forgot. But... He was a uh, he was just a flat out skeleton with like bones on his chest and like he had the the He Man body but someone painted bones mm-hmm. on his chest like one of those t- like a shitty skeleton costume and then right. he glowed in the dark he was incredible mm. until the glowing faded and then it was just like oh this is knockoff skeletor well no, then you had a mucus colored skeleton action figure so mm. mucus colored mm-hmm. so specific i mean that's what well, glow in the dark looks like when it's not glowing yeah that's true well nonetheless i recognize that that these aren't exactly um you know, representative of the series' overall quality. So I'm not going to hold that against it. <laughs> okay. I, no, but I am curious why you haven't seen it. Is it just a matter of you hadn't got the t- gotten around to it? Or is it more, because a lot of people are put off by the premise of this show. Like, we, we both were mm-hmm. back in the day. Like, really? Batman in the future, but it's not Batman. It's some new kid? Meh. Oh, that's it. Partly because it was, it, it was on at a time where I had just sort of, like drifted away from watching cartoons mm-hmm. on on, on mm-hmm. yeah so like i i had i had experienced a, a good portion of btas when they were still syndicating it um and then batman beyond came on and i was like well I'm, I'm not i don't really do this anymore mm-hmm. right i'm moving on to other things uh, partly that and and then the other part is that i've just never really dug the 
uh, too much uh, the superheroes in the future kind of vibe, right? Sure. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I really liked uh, Spider-Man when I was a kid, but Spider-Man 2099 didn't mm-hmm. like gel with me for that exact same reason. It's like, well, I miss the 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 contextual particulars of like mm-hmm. you know the the gothic noir you know right uh vibe and all that stuff like that or or whatever and now that you've sort of displaced that i'm i'm less interested you know well one of the things we've enjoyed about this show is that it's v- the aesthetic that they've chosen is very much the cyberpunk future of the 80s yeah which we're both right? a fan yeah. of and also it, that's built on top of the gothic stuff which mm-hmm. you still occasionally see sort of underneath all that so. It it feels like a natural progression from like the whatever the modern world of uh, the animated series was. Well, I mean, to... that was the future of the forties, really. Exactly. So now it's the future of the eighties, which you know that yeah. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I I I generally like the sort of that cyberpunk like mm-hmm. sort of mm-hmm. retro future kind of stuff. But for some reason, like when it's mixed in with, I guess, the Batman mythos and everything. I don't know. I just I I just like my Batman stuff to be just a little bit more gothic and noir like oriented i sure. guess the, the sort that's, of that's slick cyber future stuff mm-hmm. doesn't really do it for me fair enough well uh you mentioned spider-man and uh i don't know if you picked up on that from these particular episodes but that is there's a lot of spider-man's dna mm-hmm. in this like uh, terry mcginnis is effectively peter parker and yeah right so yeah, that's yeah. a that's a that's a fun thing about this show but um again unfortunately you don't really get a good sense of that in this pairing why don't I just kick things off with King's Ransom and we'll ah. get into it? Uh, if you must. Yeah, I must. Here we go. Someone takes a spin at the Wheel of Places to open an episode, and come on, no whammies, no whammies. And by whammies, I mean on someone's yacht again. <laughs> and museum. It's a museum. Possibly the only location used more frequently in this animated universe than a yacht. <laughs> the target of this daring heist is a cat statue, so ooh, maybe we're finally going to meet Catwoman Beyond. Or... Could be the Royal Flush Gang again, I guess. I mean, Ten's not in the gang anymore, so really sh- they should rebrand themselves the Three of a Kind Bunch or something? <laughs> Ten's absence isn't the only thing that's changed since we last saw these idiots, because now suddenly their dynamic is all about Queen, moaning about how King isn't half the man her father was, and why hasn't he reshingled the roof yet, and I don't know, pick another example from the Big Book of Horrible Wives, foreword by Keiko O'Brien. <laughs> Terry... Now entering his third year of advanced bat studies, hardly finds four-fifths of his least challenging rogues a challenge, and busts the heist with ease. Jack gets arrested, once again giving him the opportunity to say the line he was born to say, My father will hear of this! Seriously, Maggie, you hit on something fundamentally true when you attributed that to the little wiener kid in the Etrigan episode all those months ago. I'm going to be using that forever. So King, Queen, and their big, dumb, mostly unbroken robot take their mostly unbroken cat statue to the guy who hired them. And, oh boy, speaking of family disappointments, here's Paxton Powers again. And I was just thinking this show had a big, gaping, living embodiment of the show's succession-shaped hole in it lately. Paxton is, unsurprisingly, a petulant little shit about, well, everything really, but specifically about the broken part of the mostly unbroken statue. God, it's glass half-empty with some people no matter what, huh? What follows is a tale of well, I think intrigue is overselling it. <laughs> but there's a whole we're holding Paxton hostage and demanding 20 million credits from Wayne Powers co-chair Bruce Wayne for his safe return thing. And look, we all know Bruce isn't going to pay the titular King's ransom for a number of reasons, but a small part of me wanted to see him do it if only so we could see 20 million individual cards, each representing a single credit, <laughs> which is the long-established logic of the whole credit system in Neo-Gotham. 
Bruce does agree to proxy burgle some already stolen art from Paxton's highly culturally appropriative home. And then as he delivers the goods to King, King delivers one of the many priceless card puns that have seasoned this entire episode. Checkmate! <laughs> King, you absolute moron! <laughs> Queen was right about you. I've never even met her father, but he must be better than you because seriously, at this point, even Rat Boy is better than you. Then he's nearly beaten, bitten to death by Ace. Not beaten to death, bitten to death by Ace. No, not that Ace. The good Ace. The very good boy Ace. King manages to escape with the loot and meets up with Paxton's lovely assistant. Did I mention he had a lovely assistant? I must have mentioned that. But an extremely jealous and vengeful queen is in hot pursuit, basically in curlers and brandishing a rolling pin. I mean, at least they didn't give her a whip, I suppose? Mm -hmm. Just, like, I'm not wrong, right? I mean, Jason, obviously you, you didn't see the other episodes, but Maggie, uh, queen wasn't this hen-pecking, like, shrew before, right? No, but also I didn't see it that way. I just, like, I mean, this is my good thing. Um, I think it's hilarious how pathetic King has gotten. Oh, no, I like the dynamic. It's just, it's it's the change in her character. I mean, she's definitely, like, like they, def they had, like, a real, like, oh, darling, I love you so much. Well, they had that, but they also, with, with her and the daughter, mm -hmm. had a, bit of a like a, they didn't go full-on like uh, dark with this but it was it, it was hinting at some kind of traumatic like uh, kind of an abuse victim mm. thing like i can't get out of this he's a horrible tyrant kind of sure. thing and now she's very much the dominant one and it just felt like a weird shift is all but you're but you're not wrong the character dynamic is interesting i i i actually sorry go ahead. kind okay. of picked up on that vibe uh despite having not like mm -hmm. seeing the Royal Flesh Gang much, especially not in the series. Like for some reason that that dynamic where, you know, the queen was haranguing King all the time did feel just slightly artificial. Like it didn't, uh, you know, it mm. didn't seem to gel properly. Hmm. Interesting. Like it's, it's always interesting for us reacting to the, what we expect is the next beats of the character, but then someone else coming in fresh and like, mm -hmm. you know, it's nice to hear that sort of confirmed, but yeah, there, there was something kind of weirdly, uh, I, I don't know, it felt performative, I guess. Like, oh, really? You're having these, like, you know, shouting kind of fights about you're not your father, mm -hmm. like, now in this episode? Like, well, and it also felt like that was literally the only thing about her at this point. Like, mm -hmm. it didn't nah, just come right. up occasionally. <laughs> but, but Maggie, I don't, I, to get back to your good thing, mm -hmm. it was, I think it was fun just like yeah. sort of recontextualizing this well i i really enjoy because like if i'm remembering correctly and it's been a while and my memory is garbage but like mm -hmm. when they first showed up like it was a real like they were a real family like living in a really nice house like doing really well for themselves and like now they're just sad and pathetic and like tens finally gotten out of this horrible family and so like well and i think like i think that's what they were going for was like tens gone and the whole thing fell apart exactly and I, like a house of cards? Oh. Much like. That's way uh. better than uh, Checkmate, which I also thought was fucking stupid. Uh, yeah. I The thing I is... Can't, oh, go ahead. I can't tell if that's stupid or like uh, G Galaxy Brain Genius. Galaxy Brain Genius would be Terry McGinnis quipping Spider-Man-like Terry McGinnis saying, Checkmate? You're a card guy, for fuck's <laughs> sake. Like, that's what would have made it good is him calling it out, but they didn't. <laughs> I I was absolutely expecting it, that to be, like, the last straw for, like, fucking Queen. Just like, really? Yeah. Really? Checkmate. Oh, my God. I, ha I bought you I bought you an entire book 
of card puns just so you could use them when we're doing caper. <laughs> I for Christmas I and you said you read it. You said you read page cover to cover that fucking book. And do you remember any of did you read it or did you just go back out with the boys again? Mhm. I would have even accepted you shouting gin rummy. <laughs> it's just got to be cards. Jason, I love your take on their voices. You would you would point it out some similarities to these guys, and you're not wrong to to something that we've been quoting for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they basically all sound like um, M from that super ego sketch. You know how how British am I? Bond. Mm-hmm. You know, we will play Shaman de Fair of cucumber sandwiches. <laughs> Chipotle Vegeta rap, I should think. Uh, yes, Chipotle. Am Vegeta. I Hyde Park bound to the handsome? Do say that. Well, no, maybe so very happy. <laughs> I mean, this is Bond, so mm-hmm. that's something. Is that it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, in, a, in, case a we haven't, in case we haven't mentioned it yet, George Lazenby is, I mean, I, this was new to me. Mm-hmm. Like, as I, as I was kind of looking up, you know, who was who was cast in this episode, I saw George Lazenby and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah no, he's, got the... he's been doing the voice the whole time. That mm. that's it's it's been him, and we did talk about it, but it's still interesting. I think is he? Yeah, it's just it's just strange that like for this like obviously like British posh sort of character, they cast the Australian one-time <laughs> Bond mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah, he he's the job. one nobody like, liked, right? Well, um, see, that's the thing. Like, um, he's from um, Honor Majesties. It doesn't matter. You've forgotten this one, sure. So. <laughs> Um, like, and that, that movie is divisive, right? Mm. Some people like don't particularly like it cause it doesn't, it doesn't quite follow the, the, the standard model of Bond movies, mm. but some people really like it because it has, it shows like a more like sensitive and emotionally like mature Bond. Mm-hmm. I mean, his spoiler alert, um, like his love interest, like is like brutally gunned down at the end of that movie. And he like like openly like cries about it you know what i mean it's like it's like genuinely sort of emotional in a way that all of the other bond movies don't even bother Mm -hmm. to like like they put some in with they put some pathos in there instead of just making it sort of pulp like oh well exactly yeah 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 i and and some some people really like that some people don't yeah my understanding was like it was more of a casting aberration like it's it's not even that he's bad he just kind of got like because Connery yeah. left and then Connery came back, it's mm-hmm. like everyone's just like, okay, let's just forget that one. And it's not really the, his fault or the movie's fault. It's just, no, that's not the guy we want, so we don't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was sort of this weird sort of liminal period where like, well, we got to cast somebody. We got to... Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, Broccoli fucking met Lazenby when they were getting their hair cut at the same bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my yeah, God. He could be James Bond. Anybody could be James Bond. That guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, so yeah, that's basically the vibe. It's like, yeah, this kind of guy looks like James Bond. He's nice enough. Yeah, mm-hmm. why not? Hey, uh, Connery's not returning my calls. How would you like to be James Bond? Me? Ah, so that, that, this is the greatest day of my life. <laughs> Are you telling me I, 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 got, I get to work with Diana Rigg? Uh, well... Mm. Uh, but speaking of casting, this I is actually fight, my bad thing. I gotta fight bad. Dr. Now. <laughs> Dr. <Dr>. Now. <laughs> uh, speaking of casting, though, George Lazenby is one of the only people they managed to hold on to in, in a recurring role. Uh, mm. Also, uh, Jason, as I, I see you point out here, Sarah Douglas, who was uh, Ursa in the uh, Superman movie, she's she's mm. been queen the whole time as well. Um, 
But we lost a couple of pretty well-known recurring uh, performers in this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Stalker Channing, no longer the voice of Barbara Gordon. And for me, anyway, it really jumped out. Like, she's nowhere near as good. She's fine. Mm -hmm. But Stalker Channing just brought that sort of air of gravitas and, like, you know, made Barbara kind of imposing. And she could also... She had a couple of wisecracks, and they they landed better with her. I think they're mm. they're fine here. Uh, and Paxton Powers was Carrie Elwes, and he's not around anymore either. It's like they pissed off the too good to be doing voice acting guild or something, and they're like, well, uh, we'll just get some people no one's heard of. That's yeah. fine. Whatever. Oh shit, shit! That reminds me, I need to renew my membership. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget, you're here for life. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But yeah, it was it was Carrie always less so because Paxton Powers was only around once or twice. But you know, old, seeing old Barbara Gordon Jason has been one of the great things about this show being a sequel mm-hmm. to the other. It's like okay, we know where Bruce ended up, but it's cool. Like Barbara got out from the whole Bat Family curse and did pretty well for mm-hmm. herself. And she's you know yeah, I was out of out of both of these episodes. I I was I was more sort of engaged with the. Uh, the older versions of these sort of classic oh, yeah. characters, I felt like, yeah, they they were the sort of the most interesting pieces of the bunch. And right? they they often are. And we've had some scenes where she and Bruce reconnect, and it's always this sort of icy. Mm, we have to get along, but we have a big a long history, <laughs> and it's it's really complicated. They they all but say out loud that they fucked at one point, uh-huh. which makes everything much weirder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, and again, she got out. Like, yeah, uh, we will find out very bad things happen to some of the Robins and, and, you know, everyone in Bruce's orbit. But she's the only one that did okay for herself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's nice. Okay. Uh, Jason, what do you got for a good thing? Well, um, it, it, it was nice to see in this episode that, the heist kind of related stuff uh you know the 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 stealing of the um the the statue of of Kamartaj or whatever the hell it's sure. called mm-hmm. um and uh the extortion and everything mostly took a back seat to like some challenging interpersonal stuff like you know obviously the relationship between king and queen but also between tan and terry and stuff like that and 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 it was nice to see that focus shifted and the actual sort of meat and potatoes of the plot downplayed. Um, and on top of that, uh, male impotence was not a theme <laughs> I expected to explore on a Batman show. <laughs> so there's that. That Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a fair point. I mean, you know, at the end we find out, oh, he's, he's, uh, he's got this side piece. But, but up to that point, it definitely played that way. <laughs> well, yeah, it still, it still reeks of like sort of like desperation and that, right again that sort of impotent quality and that sort of extends to like a lot of the players in this show like paxton powers is like you know it it, it explicitly says that you know like he doesn't really have anybody he lives on company perks mm-hmm. right and so he lacks the like the 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 genuine you know quote-unquote masculine flex mm-hmm. of like well, that was rich. The, the, the recurring uh, villain in season one was Blight, who is the glowing skeleton we were talking about. He's, uh, oh God, mm. what's his name? Power, Derek Powers. Derek Powers, yeah. Uh, and, you know, we find out that uh, Bruce Wayne lost like half his company because this guy bought it. And uh, Bruce has to, like, uh, 
you know, he's he's uh, sort of at least sharing power, if not like subservient to mm. not subservient, but you know mm. what I mean. Like, uh, right. Yeah. I, his his company isn't just his company anymore. And then he became a glowing skeleton and fell in a river. So uh, his son took <laughs> like over. you do. Yeah. Like you do in Gotham. I mm-hmm. mean, some things never change. And not so this first is his time won't be the last highly ineffectual, as you say, impotent son. Mm hmm. Who who is has always been very bad at this, and and I had to make another succession reference because he just feels like every kid on yeah. that show just just so bad. I I haven't even seen that show, and the minute I read that note, I was like, "Yep, that's it." Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he's. I mean, broadly, it's about a powerful rich guy and his ineffectual kids trying to take over. That's it, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's what and this kid is, and he's so bad. Uh, <laughs> well, I liked I liked it better when it was called King Lear. <laughs> <laughs> Look, they just straight up look at the camera and say that it, that they're borrowing from that half the time. So, yeah. <laughs> like in the office, they're just gonna... mm, yeah, very much. <laughs> yeah, but he's 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 got that very. Uh, oh my god, I can't believe this is you know like oops, Fredo's in charge now somehow. Oh boy, you know? yeah, definitely. And that and that kind of synergizes with what is a sort of what I understand is a recurring element of this show, where. Um, you know, Bruce is obviously at his physical limits and like has to watch his heart, right? You know, because mm-hmm. he doesn't want to have another heart attack. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so all of that kind of like melds together into this little cocktail of, you know, talking about like male power dynamics and stuff, which is, um, which is interesting in an episode that's really just about, you know, stealing culturally significant artifacts. <laughs> Right, and making dumb card puns. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, of course, yeah. But um, the, the one Checkmate. thing, Ugh. I mean, like you say in poker, obviously. Mm-hmm. I one thing we point out regularly, uh, is that this show originally was pitched as okay. We we understand the other one got a little dark. This will be the kid friendly one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and boy, isn't it <laughs> at all? I sort of get that vibe. Mm-hmm. That like I I can see the the uh, like the guide drawings basically under the final piece right mm-hmm. i can sort of see where they were coming from but yeah they definitely swerved at the end yeah no and they they do that a lot like like i say we find out that uh, barbara and bruce fucked you know yep. more kid friendly mm-hmm. uh uh maggie what was oh you did your good thing yeah. what about your bad thing uh, i i didn't f- i didn't have much of a good one just cuz this you know i mean this episode's fine That's um fine. So ten is working at Deckard's bar, which would be a good gag if I liked Blade Runner. Uh, excuse me, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Last that's right. a that's a that's a card pun. Oh, deck. Like maybe it's a double thing, I, but I'm it, sure. I mean, that they didn't did occur to me. But yeah, I am with Maggie. The minute I read that, I was like, "Oh, it's a Blade Runner yeah. pun. It's a cyberpunk thing." Yeah, it's it's probably both. But I think they they just all the card stuff. Like, yeah, I did. Jason, I saw in your notes you had a whole you made a whole run of just bad card puns, which are delicious, <laughs> by the way. Right. Yeah. But actually, that I I think maybe the the person responsible for that like sort of stepped away from their keyboard and like you know wiped their hands and said, "Well, I'm I'm going home. I'm done mm-hmm. for the day." Mm-hmm. Yep. Two in one. Best I could do. Yep. Yeah. That is that is a fair point. But I, I think you had a larger bad thing as well, no? Uh, also, uh, in a scene where uh, we have uh, Bruce, uh, Terry, and Ace fighting the Royal Flush Gang, uh, Ace never fights Ace. And what are you even doing over there? <laughs> 
That's a fair point. But on the other hand, Ace trying to bite King's face off now, made me very happy. That is very good since most of that scene is just King rolling around on the ground while Ace tears chunks <laughs> out of him. Yeah. yeah, I like that's happening off to the side. Yep. Like it's almost like a like a framing gag or whatever. Yep, yep. it's like wonderful. don't don't pay attention to this. <laughs> I can't look at anything but that mm-hmm. though. <laughs> no, and especially well, since they've spent the last fifteen minutes getting us to hate King. It just yep. felt like yeah, yeah, get him, Ace, get Definitely. him. Yep, yeah. <laughs> like King, in that that is not a fight. That is just Ace beating the <laughs> shit out of a man, and it <laughs> rules. Yep. No, yeah. it's very good. King, King is sort of like the the uh, wrapped in mattresses like training dummy yep. for the for the, K, yep. the canine unit, just rolling around. Oh, no, not not Ace, the not so super dog. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nice doggy. I well, think I, I, I don't have know a biscuit. You, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you know from the comics, but years ago there was Ace the Bat Hound who mm. wore his own cowl so people wouldn't recognize him as Bruce Wayne's dog. Uh, <laughs> yes, of course. Well, why not? So they turn it, they turned that into. Uh, an idea that could fit in this sort of dark world, which I love. Like Ace is, and we actually got the secret origin episode of Ace last last week yep, for us, yep. uh, which was actually very good. It was like a uh, uh, puppy uh, was uh, abused and involved in like illegal dog fighting, and Bruce rescued him, mm. and it was it was very good. Uh, so I love turning that whimsical, stupid throwaway thing into something like. That's all Bruce has in his life. Like, Alfred's gone. Right. Everyone else has left. Like, the dog is all he's got. And I like that Ace is one of the best characters of this show. Mm-hmm. It didn't actually occur to me until before we started recording that that Ace is named Ace, and Ace is also named Ace. Mm-hmm. There's Just a, for some reason, that never connected in my mind. There is actually a canonical reason that connects the two. Oh yeah, uh, we will. We will find out. Oh, in Justice boy. League. All right, all right, DC Wiki. <laughs> no, 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 no. Just, because they don't say it out loud, you have to put it together yourself. It's it's one of those things that doesn't insult your intelligence, and I love it. A, uh, 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 oh, oh, it's more work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what I did you come, think this was? I didn't come to this cartoon to work. <laughs> yeah, I, I I came to watch a deadbeat dad get mauled by a former pit fighting dog. Deadbeat ah, but dad you get both. Dead. <laughs> <laughs> dead beat, yes. Dead, dead beat, dead. Sorry, mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll come in again. <laughs> oh, dead beat, dad bit, dead. Yeah, ah. there you go. Um, no, we Deep get. <laughs> we we see uh, in a Justice League episode that the early incarnation of the Royal Flush Gang, uh, Bruce bonds with uh, an Ace, not this Ace, mm-hmm. but an Ace, and so you kind of put together. Oh yeah, so he named his dog after her. That's sweet. Right near the dog mm, age. I see. I see. But, um, what'd you have for a bad thing, Jason? Yeah. Um, I I don't know whether this is indicative of like the rest of the series, but I felt like the fight scenes, uh, at least in this episode in in, in particular, and I don't know how much it extends to again the the whole series, but they felt kind of like stiff and sort of weightless, mm. like. There, there's a lot of like I, I do appreciate the the emphasis on like kind of verticality and acrobatics and stuff like that. That mm-hmm. you know, well again, he's B-Test more Spider Man. necessarily, yeah. That, that B test didn't necessarily get into that by design because you know Bruce is a you know brick shit house. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, um, but apart from that, like when it came to the actual like fisticuffs and stuff, it just felt like 
there there was something kind of stiff and stagey mm-hmm. to me, like like they had only rehearsed it a few times, and it's like, <laughs> okay, now now we're gonna set up, and then you punch and I dodge. Okay, now next beat, you mm-hmm. know. I can see that. I I mean, Maggie can speak to this better than I can because she is more into the mm. action sequences than I am. But I would say it's like any of the other series where if you get the good animation team, it's more dynamic and more interesting. And some weeks mm-hmm. you just mm-hmm. get the duds. Yeah. And that may be what happened here. I mean, that actually that actually brings up something I wanted to I wanted to mention. Um, uh, go ahead. Maggie, oh, I, no, it's fu- no, it's fine. I forgot what it is now. Oh, I, I was basically going to say that, like, again, I don't know if this extends to the whole series because I am a, you know, a freshly born babe. Um, but um, the also the 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 drawings, like the illustrations and like the backgrounds and stuff like that, to my mind, they seem less good than the B-Test <laughs> stuff. Well, I mean, and I can't tell if that's like budget or time stuff or if that's. I mean, we've seen, a, we've seen a gradual streamlining. Obviously, the early parts of, of the animated series were more lavishly decorated. Yeah, rich, richly detailed. Yeah, when we went into the redesign, things got simpler, and into Superman, same thing. Mm-hmm. And I think we're just seeing that. I think it, it's that, that streamlined, more simplified, less gorgeous, but sort of fits together with, you know, the Metropolis of mm-hmm. Superman and the, the Gotham of later Batman. And, you know, so yeah, it's... I, it's not as good as the early stuff, but yeah. it fits, I think. I do understand the the aesthetic direction, but I still I still greatly miss the sort of like uh on black yeah. oh yeah matte, matte painting esque backgrounds mm. and stuff. <clears throat> oh no, absolutely. Uh let's Anyway, so so the show isn't uh poorly drawn? I mean, again, I think it depends on the, the episode. Like you get Sometimes you get mm. the A team, and sometimes you don't. Mm. Well, well, this was the uh, oh god, I'm trying to the the uh the the low. T- I'm trying to God card Are pun you card. On. Yeah, <laughs> checkmate. Yeah, <laughs> gin rummy. I'd say this episode was dealing from the bottom of the deck. Is that anything? Ah, uh, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you. Thank that's you. it. Take me to the river. <laughs> That's, that's see that's gold print it see that's how you do it king jesus christ five seconds uh-huh low hang low hanging yeah, fruit just put the time you picked the thing that has the most references of anything that exists there's yeah, that so everyone much knows card because crap every, everyone's picked up a deck of cards at some point in their lives so it's like you're gonna find something that people are probably gonna get it's not too obscure <laughs> look imagine how difficult this would be if you were the mancala game <laughs> <laughs> the pachinko guys or something yeah you've got it easy look i'll give yeah. you a hint there's this game that you play with with cards called war that works for anything mm-hmm or you got go fish mm-hmm. everyone knows that you one even, you could even pull from magic the gathering yeah for fuck's sake. No. it's cards yeah king me uh, what gets... <laughs> that's, that's not you. even uh, but... that's not even chess you idiot <laughs> Ah, Mr. Powers, you've fallen for my trap card. (laughs) Draw four. You sunk my battleship. (laughs) Mouse trap. Stratego. I will say there was there was a clever card reference. This this is what I decided on from my good thing is uh, they reveal that Queen's name is Donna, mm-hmm. which is Italian for queen in the sense of a queen in a deck of cards. Sure, and that's that's nice and subtle. They don't call that out. Yeah, it's, that's not bad. It's a little you know. 
it's, I the, actually, it's, it's the same guy responsible for the Deckard reference. Mm-hmm. I could be. That guy like, had that a great was, day. Yeah, look, Tuesday was the day he, he gave up after Deckard, and Wednesday he did Donna, and then he just coasted through the rest of the week. After that, he retired. Like, what else is there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I will say another good thing I kind of liked was uh, the specificity of Powers' um, art collection. Like, mm-hmm. he was exiled to South America for a while. Um, like a Nazi. Yeah, much. I like that in your notes, Jason. You said uh, if you're going to act like a Nazi, you're going to be treated like a Nazi. <laughs> um, but the first time we saw this kid, we saw him down. I say kid. He's like 30, but, you know. This young uh, boy. Well, I mean, look. He is the child of a much better character. So, to me, he's a kid. Uh, but uh, he's he's got this culturally appropriative... I, I think it's... Uh, I don't know. I always confuse the Aztecs, the Incas, and the Mayas because I'm a white piece of shit who doesn't know history, and I feel bad about that. But right, it, is, right. it is definitely South or Central American-influenced oh, ancient Oh, definitely sen- Central American-like stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Very... And it's Aztec but the vibe. the aesthetic of the stuff in in the museum and the stuff in his collection and the stuff in his office. He's got this dumb little pyramid that's got like the the key code for the security mm-hmm. system. It's just it's mm-hmm. very white guy who went to another country for a few years and collects the the stuff vibe. It just it fit the character very well for me. I thought you know I'm very in touch with the people of South America. I find really name three countries in South America. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be yeah, that, that, that all that all uh, synergized with me when we opened on the set of Legends of the Hidden Temple 3000 uh-huh. <laughs> <sighs> alright uh, we should probably start wrapping this episode up any, any final thoughts either of you uh, I think that's it Jason um, let's see here uh I, I have a few, given that this is my yeah, first course. exposure to the show. Mm-hmm. Um, the the opening of ah, the show... Every, everyone's got to weigh in on this. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Is this good, like the flashing mixed media sort of... Um, uh, God, it, you know, it, it reminds me of in the Arkham Asylum graphic novel. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, the CG one? What's his one? name? McKean? Dave McKean, yeah. Of? Yeah, it reminds me of that sort of like new media kind of vibe. Mm. Well, it was like, actually the, this intro was actually put together by Darwin Cook. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like I, you, you probably know who that is, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that, that's that's a very. It feels like a very different style. Oh no, it's definitely not his regular style, mm-hmm. but it's him sort of, yeah. you know, channeling other people, and he's very good at that too. You can sort of see it yeah. in there's a shot of Bruce that they sort of rotate around, like it was made with like a model or something. That yeah, it has weird like clay three yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of effect. I, uh, yeah, you should watch the making of that. There's like a cool turntable mm-hmm. thing he set up to make that. But sorry, go ahead. I look a lazy Susan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I look yeah. at that and I'm like, okay, that actually does look like Darwin Cook's art, like an mm-hmm. early version, mm-hmm. you know, but. Right, but that but that whole mixed media thing, and then like the vaguely industrial mm-hmm. theme tune, mm-hmm. just just screams '90s dude, man. Ma- uh, mm-hmm. Mal always calls it the uh, "you wouldn't download a car" uh, opening. Yep, <laughs> yep. <laughs> that that is exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like it's very quaintly endearing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It, it's like it's like finding a cassette of prongs begged to differ yeah. at a flea market. My- <laughs> They're like, oh, I 
rem- oh, I remember this. Mm-hmm. I love the um, like the the random words that pop up. Just corruption, just right. Yeah, yeah. That's the only cigarettes. part of it I don't like, honestly. But smoke. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Bad times um, in the future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I guarantee oh. there was a Nine Inch Nails video that had like those exact words popping mm-hmm. up. Maybe, yeah. Um, and but but more bondage. Oh well, yeah. Can I just, just real quick? Mm-hmm. Let me just do a little sidebar here. Yeah. Um. Why is Boy Meets World's Eric Matthews Batman? <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you not? Do you not care for his uh, portrayal? I feel like I'm going to be brave and say no. <laughs> okay. Because I feel like he's, he's he's straddling this line between, as you say, the sort of more quippy kind of Spider-Man oriented mm-hmm. fresh youth sort of vibe and also some like, you know, gritty Batman tough guy kind of thing. But I feel like, and I feel like that's by design, but he doesn't seem to be particularly good at either side. And so it, it just sort of like, for me anyway, kind of flattens out. Huh. Right. All right. I mean, at I, least I, the thing from is, these two episodes. No, I, this is a, I would say a pretty good sampling of what he sounds mm. like. Like this is, he's not, you know, particularly off vocal model or anything. I just like, I very much disagree with you, but I also, you know, over the years working with you and, and, and knowing your level of education and talent, like I, I very much respect your opinion on this. So it's, it's really interesting to hear that you're, that you're not into it is all yeah i don't think he's I, I don't think the actual like work that he's doing or the technique is bad per se i just mm-hmm. think bad casting yeah yeah that that's what it feels like to me it feels like the casting wasn't quite right huh all right yeah interesting mm. all right any other uh thoughts oh um oh yes uh, as I was looking into this series to give me just because I, I, I had a general understanding of it, but I was like, OK, I'll just read like the synopsis real quick to refresh my memory. Sure. Right. And I remember reading that it it, it very at the very least begins improperly in 2019. Yep. <laughs> and I thought, Jesus Christ, am I old? Yep. You know? No, honestly, if you watch the pilot, the first five minutes should grab you mm-hmm. as as a, as a fan of the old series there is a incredibly dramatic moment with bruce oh, it's so that shows good. why yeah. he why he quit where it's like oh shit okay mm-hmm. yeah you've got me oh yeah yeah he has to use a gun or something yep 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 that's it mm-hmm. yeah and fantastic it's like oh yeah this is the one for kids now good good mm-hmm. job yep we did it guys <laughs> uh-huh. <sighs> all right so uh my quote yes is just some of those many card puns. Jack doing it right. Jack really should be the real king, I think. Uh, at the beginning, when Barbara picks him up, he says this. They tossed you in the discard pile, Jack. So talk to me. Lady, if you think I'm going to fold, you're not playing with a full deck. Which, you know, that's how you do it, man. All right. Let's move forward to, I would say, an even more forgettable episode. Certainly a more forgettable uh, title. Mm-hmm. Untouchable. Jason, tell us all about it. All right. I will attempt to touch my memory of this if it exists. <laughs> um, <clears throat> in the rad darkness of the cyber future, there is only war. 
also a walking kit bash of Iron Man and Electro, apparently, who successfully steals a mysterious iso-MacGuffin out of a research facility's molten fondue pot and makes Bat Terry seem like a windmilling toddler. After Old Man Bruce, a proud card-carrying member of the American Association of Retired Superpersons, produces a cryptic lead, Terry heads to the Wayne Powers Medical Research Facility with the geezer in tow, presumably to check Bruce in in for a sponge bath. There, Dr. Getty Watanabe technobabbles about the isofield generator rings, which repel all matter around the immunocompromised. What a delightful future where everyone clearly cared about the most vulnerable in our society and wore their fucking masks religiously for Christ's sake. And Terry has a meet-cute with a girl named Irene, a patient who wants to go where the people are, up where they stay all day in the sun. (laughs) Another developer of the plot doohickey, a comb-over sporting, wraparound glasses-wearing killjoy with the hilariously incongruous name of Dr. Blades, (laughs) Cusick guitar riff. Denies Bruce's request for a copy of the data on the project that he paid for and hired the scientists and engineers for and set up the workspace for and cleared the necessary legal hurdles for. (laughs) Stupid subordinates and their stupid ethics. This must be what Elon Musk feels like when he's not tweeting that pronouns suck like a boring company brand fuckstick. (laughs) Anyway, that night at Gotham Steel and Ore, the repeller... Yes... That's the villain's moniker, and I know what you're thinking, but no, he doesn't wear a fedora. (laughs) Makes a dramatic entrance from a vat of superheated queso, and meets with a vaguely African iso buyer and her bodyguard, who looks like Gristle McThornbody carrying a dollar store version of a Nerf bazooka. The propeller assures them that next time, Batman won't be a problem and he demonstrates his resolve by breaking punt speed Chuck's toy. <laughs> Later, at Cheesy Dan's Cheese Pit and Bad Childhood Memory Generator, <laughs> Terry cluelessly blabs about dreamy Irene to his Schrodinger's girlfriend Dana, who understandably becomes upset when Miss not appearing in the rest of this series calls, telling Terry that she escaped from the definitely-not-a-prison facility, and has gotten herself lost in a big old cyber city. One transition later, and Irene is emerging from the surf like an electric eel version of Ursula Andress, while Terry buzzkills on a featureless blanket. Irene explains that, though she can't experience the beach in a tactile way, she thinks the sound is incredible. Despite the fact that the diagraph field repels all matter, which would reasonably include the vibrating air medium responsible for propagating the sound waves, making this whole situation scientifically impossible, (laughs) why won't the Journal of Theoretical Cartoon Physics recognize my work? (laughs) Despite this logical fallacy, Irene takes a moment to touch Terry's hand, surprising both him and his no-no-zo. Terry, of course, ruins it by remembering Dana, But Irene suddenly looks at an imaginary watch and realizes that there's only 20 minutes of power left on this pair of Duracells. When the two quasi-lovebirds return to the I mean facility, Dr. Blade's cue monster truck noise confronts them, banning Terry from the premises and ordering Irene to her sterile cubic, I mean her room. 
Meanwhile, back at the Neo Batcave, Terry whines about having multiple dating options, while Bruce reveals that the stolen isotope, when combined with a pre-thieved and an awaiting thievery isotope, will create a very powerful explosive not available at the Savo Mart. <laughs> Bruce says there's plenty of the unthieved iso thingamabob at the Bloodhaven nuclear facility, and I hope you heard and appreciated the umlaut there. <laughs> now, I hear you asking, isn't that Nightwing's territory? Well, if he isn't dead, Dick's most likely watching Matlock with a spoonful of tapioca pudding in one hand and a fresh catheter in the other. Across Future Town, Irene hatches a plan to be part of Terry's world after Dr. Blade's Q Eagle Shriek leaves for the evening. On an ensuing phone call, Irene tries to leave a message for Terry, but his little brother Matt couldn't give any number of shits about her onion rings or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Neobat intercepts the bookseller at the nuclear place and tries to turn him into a high-tech mummy. But instead, Terry's slowly pushed off a cliff and gently dashed upon the rocks below. The cave dweller doesn't <clears throat> confirm the kill, like a putz, and resumes his business. Shortly after, Irene, wearing her protective Among Us cosplay, <laughs> tries to grab an iso what's a who's it but the wine cellar bursts in, discovers her crouching in the corner, inadvertently reveals himself to be Dr. Long Duck Dong, and blasts a prematurely returning Dr. Blades cue chainsaw noise into a wall. He briefly monologues to Irene, and actually, you know what, I'm just going to skip saying his name because I'm running out of sound cues. That guy, and about pushing the boundaries of science. Then Batman rocket tackles him out of the building. Their following battle takes them into one of those high-powered wind turbine facilities, like on X-Files. And Batman steals an oblivious worker's head iPod. Some fight choreography happens. Batman activates the turbines with a batarang to overwhelm the bank teller's definitely not impaired by physics hearing. And justice is dealt. At the end, Irene reveals that she has a bubble boy of her own and just couldn't find the time to tell Terry leaving him and his weirdly drawn upper lip as single as ever. Excelsior! <laughs> I mean, he's still got Dana. He's always got Dana. You all have Dana! Uh-huh. Something... I'm beginning to think Dana doesn't exist. I'm beginning to think she's his Tyler Durden. There's No, she's definitely real, but she's definitely very stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is a thing. Like, I mean, not only has she not figured out that her boyfriend is Batman, yep. but okay, that's sort of goes with the superhero thing. She just like what do we know about her Maggie? She likes Let's chili. See. She likes she likes chili. End of list. She likes chili oh, that's and all you need. Uh, fucking Terry. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a full rich mm-hmm. life. And she can I really mean... uh take or leave fucking Terry if we're being honest. <laughs> <laughs> Which um after the chili imbibing is probably not mm-hmm. a great idea. I, there I mean, the infamous Rat Boy episode, which I believe is the worst episode of this series. Yep. Um, sees her in like a slinky, like low cut white dress, mm-hmm. going to her favorite place, the chili place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and look, <laughs> what are you an amateur? <laughs> none, none of us, none of us here were socialized to dress like that growing up, so maybe we don't completely understand. But but just just to you know, just to run it by you, that sounds like a mistake, right? I mean, unless you're a very good and chili at- eater. <laughs> Yeah, and it's and it's after Cyber Labor yep. Day. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Also, I think Terry's no-known zone is his uh, Terry McPenis, but that's... <laughs> God damn it. Well, I was trying to elevate the level of material uh, here on why? this Why? <laughs> this is the fourth time you've been on, you know, and you've known us for a decade. You know better than that. <laughs> well, I still, I, still, I still try. I believe we should be held to some standards. Uh, all right, that's fair. It's nice that the guests at least think so. Yeah. That's why we have guests, just so we, you know, don't completely lose our mm-hmm. way, I suppose. Standards went out the door after Enterprise. Uh, well, come on, man. Mm-hmm. That was a very bad show. Well, their standards also went out the door, so. Oh, they never had any. Okay. Um, Maggie, let's, uh, what was your bad thing? Because this kind of hits on well, Jay- the recurring joke in Jason's well, uh, summary. This is kind of a, two- this is a good thing that leads into a bad thing. Um, ah, fair enough. So the design on the repeller, I really liked. Like, I thought it looked fucking fantastic. Oh, yeah. The actual armor is really cool. It reminded me a lot of the uh, armor from the game uh, Dead Space. Um, just mm, with, yeah, like, yeah. The, the, the stuff on the face and everything. Plus the, the electric yellow-blue effect just looks so cool. That's that's the part that I like because the black costume contrasted with the white glow mm. and then the colorful lightning I thought was a very yeah. good visual effect. Uh, yeah, yeah it's good. it's it's awesome. Uh, my bad thing, uh, the repeller is a terrible fucking name. Like, mm-hmm. is it even mentioned in the episode? Because I was looking to like, okay, what's this guy's name? They usually say it like it right is, out of the gate. It is mentioned. Oh. Yeah, it is mentioned sort of like what halfway mm. through, maybe three fourths of the way through. But yeah, now. There's there's a few different ways they give supervillains names. They give themselves a name, or the news gives them a name. Mm-hmm. Like where where did it come from? I think Bruce called him the oh. repeller. I'll just oh. make something up. Right. So maybe, yeah. So maybe Bruce coined yeah. it. Maybe he was trying to say propeller and <laughs> mm-hmm. just failed. <laughs> Could be. Well, because he is propelling things away is. from him. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, uh, I don't. I, well, I I think you're about to say what I was going to say. So go ahead. I looked up on uh, on um, yep. uh, the DC Wiki, and apparently uh, the writer of this episode created the repeller when they were ten years old. And yep, yep, it mm-hmm. shows. Yeah, very much so. He's the repeller. He repels. Okay, that's. Uh, you want to take another? Uh, you want to take another crack at that one? Come on, Alan. I know you can do better. You like? I'm pretty sure he <laughs> nope. he co-wrote uh, uh, Mask of the Phantasm. Mm-hmm. That guy, like he's. Uh, you know, he's he's no slouch. When he was yeah. ten, uh, well, that would be very impressive. It just it, but it also smacks of we're going into season three, and boy, are we out of ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you got in your old notebooks? Well, this goes yeah, way let's, back. Let's but, open up the drawer. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, in their defense, this isn't a kid from Terry's high school, which uh, Jason, you've missed out on. There was a long run of those. Mm-hmm. It was like it, it was like Buffy for a while. Like every villain mm-hmm. yeah. was one of his classmates. And uh, he's not uh, one of Bruce's old guys, which they've gone to very sparingly. Mm-hmm. They they brought back Mr. Freeze, and they brought back, uh, who else? Oh, Bane. Bane yeah. I, and that might have been it so far. So far, yeah. We got one more coming up this season, but they're, they've they been pretty mercifully, mm-hmm. uh, like, they're not going to that well too often. So I, I'll give right. him credit there. He's He's a different, like, he comes from somewhere, you know different mm-hmm. i guess yeah there there are obviously clearly as maggie said like so good things about this mm-hmm. villain it's just that god the repeller does not strike fear into the hearts of you know good citizens everywhere well, that kind of ties to your bad thing too right uh y- yes yes um <laughs> it's just 
the overall package, like the the parts are greater than the whole in this case, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because at the end of the day, this is a bad name for a relatively lame villain powered by junk mm-hmm. science, mm-hmm. and it is ruining my immersion mm-hmm. and my suspension of disbelief. <laughs> See, and like that's fair. The thing is, the character does cool shit, like. The, yeah, the part yeah. where he emerges from a vat of lava to ha- make a dramatic entrance, that's awesome. I loved that. That's baller. Yeah. yeah. Like, the dude knows what he's I, doing, and then, and then he's like, but my name is the Repeller. And everyone's just like, ugh. Mm-hmm. Did you, I'm sorry, did you say Propeller? Yeah. <laughs> look, I don't want to judge or anything, but I'm absolutely going to judge. That's the worst fucking name ever. You don't oh. seem very aerodynamic. And I've met Paste Pot Pete. I was going <laughs> to say, in, in this universe alone... Mm-hmm. We have worse named uh, villains than that for sure. Mm-hmm. Now, right, well, I'm struggling. Yeah. I've never thought of a villain in my life. All right, name but, three. Uh, well, to 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 be fair, this is the hand we've been mm. dealt. Very good. Uh huh. Say it says a callback. Yeah, I got that. Uh, my bad thing. Okay, so as soon as Dick Scientist showed up, mm-hmm. I naturally assumed he was the bad guy since that's the obvious thing. Yeah. But they've pulled that trick a thousand times, man. That red herring. Oh, there's two scientists. One's meek and one's mean. And guess what? The villain is the meek mm-hmm. one. Uh, I can't. Right. See, I kind of like that. We've... That was like, you know, you get to the point where it's like, oh, there could be. Th- there's three different people that the uh, repeller could. Be. I was hoping. I was hoping it was Irene. Yeah, me honestly. too. Yeah, yeah. That would have been a nice twist that they hadn't used before. Mm. That would also be a very classic superhero. Oh shit! This girl, I kind of have feelings for. Turns out she's a monster. Mm. Well, and also like yeah, more sorry. of the 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 cat the Catwoman mm-hmm. vibe, right? Yeah, but I think or the or more appropriately the um, Talia Al Ghul. Yes, vibe. that's what I was going to say. It, it would be different enough that they wouldn't just be copying ten. Mm-hmm. It would be it would be a bit of a different vibe. Yeah, yeah. No, and like, but it was setting her up as a character who like is clearly imprisoned in this facility. Yeah, and has a like has a reason to have a grudge. Yeah, exactly. Like that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I liked her character tremendously, mm-hmm. actually. Like, just the way she was written, she they wrote her in a way that she felt sheltered, but also not too cliche-ridden. A bit, yeah. a bit like, uh, you know, oh, I've never seen water before. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. But the, uh, the specific reactions were sometimes a little over the top, but the way the character acted, the way she interacted with him, apart from the dumb, oh, I have a boyfriend thing, mm-hmm. which did come from out of nowhere. Like, I, I really right. liked her chemistry with Terry and what i thought was a crush yeah yeah and yeah they, it's it, it feels like they were they were playing a game of chicken with like oh are we actually going to make this weird relationship triangle like kind of thorny and, mm-hmm. and real uh no actually it's a, a boyfriend ex machina yep. yep no and the thing is they've already done that with 10 as well mm-hmm. like yeah she only showed up for a brief cameo in the last one but the whole thing with her was like terry got dumped by Dana because he's never around because he's always off being Batman, so he was single Ooh. for a minute. Uh, the dumb, chilly girl. <laughs> oh. Um, Her? <laughs> is she funny or something? Don't judge. Um, she's my favorite really. character. I Really? Yeah. I know you really like... Well, you you usually gravitate to the dummies, though. Is is, is that because she's mostly covered in chili? Mostly. <laughs> Mm, learned something about Maggie I didn't know. Don't kick shame me. <laughs> I'm not. What a very specific uh-huh. fetish. Yeah. I would say that my favorite supporting character is a tie between Ace the Bat Hound and uh, little Maddie McGinnis, mm-hmm. the bastard. <laughs> the little <laughs> bastard. I love fucking, 
I love that kid. He's just like, yeah, whatever. All right. that? You were getting know. a perfectly, you were giving getting a perfectly representative appearance by that character. That is exactly what he's like every time, and we love yep. it. Yep. He could Delightful. not care less. He either either his indifference, like this episode, or actively going out of his way to like rat on his brother to his mom. Yep. Very good. Just ah, oh, perfectly realized bastard little brother. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, my good thing, yes. actually, I do like that they textually called out what a shitty boyfriend uh, Terry's been to date. Oh, yeah, that was great. Like, mm-hmm. she's never finally looked him in the eye and said, are you fucking kidding me with this? You're talking to that other girl right now. In front of me. Stop it. <laughs> right here while we're standing in front of this 3D printed Windows 95 screensaver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it, it's nice because usually she just stands there with that vacant look on her face as he runs off to be Batman or screw it's around not, with some other girl. It's it's not vacant. She's thinking about mm-hmm. Jilly. Mm, that's true. That's I mean, I feel like it's an unfair depiction that that's the only thing you know about the character, but that's the only thing we yep. know about the character. So. Uh, no, that all makes that all yeah. makes sense to uh, me. Mm-hmm. She's sweet, mm-hmm. but that's nothing. Yep. Like, like if there's a kid that's picked on at the school, she's nice to them, mm-hmm. but that's 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 not anything. Okay, what else? Uh, I think we just kind of took all our good and bad things together pretty mm-hmm. quick. Oh, Jason, you haven't done your good thing yet. Oh, right. Um, yeah. What I liked about this episode, um, the the thing that stood out the most for me. Um, which was difficult because this whole thing was kind of like a melange of kind of milk toast elements, yeah. right? It's just okay. Um, is something that I didn't see on BTS very often, to my to my recollection, which is this combination of like kind of teenage romance drama stuff, mm-hmm. and then sort of weird science fetishism, mm-hmm. like we're slipping the surly bonds of Earth, and you can't stop me. Um, and and that com- that little you know mixture of vibes uh was kind of refreshingly different from like other batman Mm. stories i was like oh okay that that feels completely different and feels fresh well and when this show is in the zone i think that is that is the formula that works Mm. like really using the fact that terry is a teen and goes through teen you know it's Mm -hmm. it's early spider-man it's buffy it's you know this is a kid who has to juggle having a personal life and being accountable to various adults and also being a superhero. And and when it's good, they really make it interesting, but they've also really fallen flat about half the time, I would say. Mm, yeah. But, but it's here some, it sounds like it works. Here it does in particular. Yes. Mm-hmm. Although sometimes um, just initial impressions, it feels like this show is like one too many ingredients in the chili okay? <laughs> mm-hmm. where it's where it, where it's like, okay, he's a teen, so he's kind of like Spider-Man, but he's also Batman, and old Batman is there, and it's the future. Mm-hmm. You know, like it was a, a, a like a writer's pitch meeting gone mm-hmm. wrong. Mm-hmm. No, I, like I say, I, I think they can. There, there is a sweet spot, and it works a lot of the time. And I, yeah, I think this is the sweet. This is one of the sweet spots. Yeah. I think that the only thing this was missing was the uh, the bitterness of old Bruce, which unfortunately you didn't yeah. really get a taste of in this. But uh, when that comes up, it's it's oh, yeah. it's perfect. What I did get was the incredibly gangster quote. Oh yeah, oh yeah, he offers. Yeah, please. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. So so um, 
T- Terry's in the in the in the Batcave, whining to Bruce about, oh, I've got you know more than one woman interested in me. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Bruce lays this quote out on him. When I was younger, women used to throw themselves at my feet all the time. What'd you do? I stepped over them. Yes, that was excellent. I don't fucking know. <laughs> what do you yeah, want from like, me? Hey, yeah, I stepped over them. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this or not. I got shit to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you, you've seen me. I mean, even now, like your mom, like, it, I, I think you were on, Jason, when we got into that whole moms throwing themselves at Batman oh, thing. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Absolutely, yeah. That's, mm-hmm. that's still going on. Terry's mom clearly has hearts in her eyes for Bruce. Oh, yeah. Say. And oh, of course. So, like, he can still pull is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And Terry should know that. But, uh, no, it's all about him all the yep. time. Well, he is a teenager. Yeah. Well, that's that. That is true. Uh, what else? Hmm. I definitely don't have as much to say about this. Not one. really. I don't think any of us do. Uh, um. Yeah. Uh, th- speaking of you know kids loving Batman, mm-hmm. right? Uh, on the on the previous episode, we were discussing kind of like v- like vicious you know, relationships, like like a marriage mm-hmm. falling apart mm-hmm. almost. And then like also minimum wage jobs. Like yeah, here, yeah. let me cut these post let me cut these post it notes for a livable wage. <laughs> um and um in this episode, uh there's like medical isolation and like loneliness yep. and like the cruel lack of almost kind of mr freeze-esque where you're like oh i can't touch you know like i haven't denied that oh god that yeah you got a whole building pleasure. of mr freezes mm-hmm. here you're right i just yeah. picture Ringo to never enjoy a summer's day to feel mm-hmm. the yeah. rain on your face nora nora <laughs> yep no you're right and and that's the thing is like okay in some ways maybe the show doesn't measure up but they are still like the character dynamics and the themes they deal with are still a cut above anything children's entertainment was mm. doing at this time. Yeah, yeah. Which I always will enjoy. Like they don't they don't talk down to kids. Yeah. They they are dealing with real human shit and expecting the kids to keep up and I love that. Speaking speaking of medical isolation and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh Dr. Suzuki uh who is Getty Watanabe's actual name. Mm-hmm. Um, sp- explicitly says as he's doing the walk and talk, he's like, their immune systems aren't able to cope with toxins and microbes. And Terry just puts his whole fucking greasy mitts on the glass <laughs> and, and s- stares in like a like a chimp at a zoo. Like, ooh. I wonder if this he- if this would have read to you the same way five years ago, three years ago, as it would have now. Like we're all so hyper aware. Mm-hmm. Well, those right, of us those yeah. of us who choose to be are hyper aware now <laughs> but yeah that's, that is a good point i it is interesting that her boyfriend is uh, a fellow uh bubble person mm-hmm. right and i feel like someone someday is gonna figure out a way to make them like you know bubble fuck yep we got a completely Probably sterile oh, uh, for you okay thanks no, I just mean the, the suits. Like they're they'll, apparently you know. the physics of the diagraph field can do. You know, they can be molded at oh. will. So who? I mean, sure. There's a there is a um, a Dyson like wormhole connecting their genitals. Yes, <laughs> a docking port, if you will. Sure. <sighs> oh, very good. 
There, no, I'm sorry. There's an Einstein Rosen bridge connecting oh their genitals. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Got to get the junk science right. Yep. Obviously. Yeah. I'll 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 come in again. <laughs> <laughs> I'll set the door back up for you. Um, there was one bit of animation I really liked as well when uh, the wind tunnel thing's happening mm-hmm. near the end, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, fuck, what's his name? Repel guy. Uh, goes yeah yeah goes completely limp and the way they animate him like he's not a person anymore but just like an object yeah like like a corpse he's getting blown like, like a like a right. sack of potatoes or something but he's not he's not struggling he's unconscious yeah. probably so his mm-hmm. limbs are just sort of hanging dead and flailing in the effects of the wind tunnel mm-hmm. and it's just a very creepy sort of like like he he reads his dead for a second and I think that's what they were going for is subconsciously you're like oh god he killed him mm-hmm. wait no he's okay. Good. Yeah, that that really that really threw me for a loop because when when uh, Terry activated the the giant you know turbines, mm-hmm. um, I I thought for a second that was like oh yes clever you're repelling the the mm-hmm. repeller by attracting him to the turbines it's like ah magnets mm-hmm. how do they work mm-hmm. um, but then it turned out to be just sort of a deafening thing where it was yep. like overwhelming his senses and i was like oh well all right that's less less interesting i mean it's it's that classic the villain thinks he's invulnerable and i found his weakness thing which we've seen a million you forgot about sound true but i Mm -hmm. i i would have loved to have seen him vulnerable in a different way which is by being mulched by (laughs) turbine blades yeah (laughs) turns out that's most people's weakness Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> yeah popular uh popular weak spot for all flesh-based creatures basically everybody but superman uh-huh. can be killed yep. that way now if the propeller is made out of kryptonite yeah yeah get me a kryptonite propeller <laughs> Some, somebody get luthor mm-hmm. on the phone mm-hmm. he's probably kicking around somehow as a head in a jar sure. Oh, he would definitely be yeah. a head in a jar absolutely i mean that's literally how they brought back mr freeze he was uh he's he's in uh the like the uh, storage room mm-hmm. at Wayne Powers just like in the basement somewhere. I don't know. Oh, that's funny. We don't know where yeah. to put this. Just just uh just stack it up with the other old junk. I well, I just it reads here abnormal. Mm-hmm. I I would love if they did what they did in the comics and have him like download his his brain into like a uh, a clone body and pretend to be his own son from Australia. Uh, yeah, I'm wow. Lex Luthor too. Nora. This is my he- my beautiful head of red hair. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's getting chilly in uh, here, ain't it? Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to have sex with Supergirl, which is also what was happening in that comic. Ugh. Weird. It's all right. She was a weird blob. Oh, okay, then. <laughs> I I was just thinking, the only oh. way this could possibly be okay, and you and you got there, so good. <laughs> All right. Anything else? That's everything I got. Uh, uh, let's see here. Oh, this is something I feel I feel duty bound to mention. Mm-hmm. This is about the series in general. There is a glut of female characters wearing like black or extremely dark lipstick, mm-hmm. and that is affecting me in, uh-huh. in ways that, yeah. Um, yeah, agreed. But yeah, I, I, anyway, knowing what just, I know about Maggie, I certainly don't want to speak for her. But I'm, I'm guessing this is a. Uh, we all agree on this eh. one. 
Yeah. Also, Beta Sterilium was my favorite member of Guar. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. All right. Well, I suppose that's everything yeah. then. Uh, Jason, you got anything you'd like to plug? Uh, done. Series over. Well, fair enough. Boy, that was the that was the shortest superhero show I've ever seen. <laughs> it's weird to me that you haven't seen Return of the Joker. That's the one everyone yeah. like who hasn't watched the show has seen. That was the only thing I had seen for like twenty years until we did this show. Yeah, it's it's fairly true of a lot of people who skip the show. They still they still watch that one. But uh... again, I've seen like I've seen a clip or two. Like I understand some of the context, but I don't know. I just never sat down to actually watch it. Partly because it felt like. You know, it's very clearly a continuation of this show, and yeah. I hadn't watched this show yet, so I was like, well, I can't jump ahead. I, the thing is, it, it works very well as a standalone. Like, Maggie, you weren't really lost oh. when you watched it, Oh, not it, right? at all. Yeah. I think it does a it's, great job if anything, of uh, filling you in on what you need to know. If anything, it's more of a continuation of the original series than than this show. Just mm. okay, because we even get some extended flashbacks to like some Joker and Harley stuff. So it's it's interesting because like mm. it's written by Paul Dini, who works on Batman Beyond, but didn't I? It's so far has written like maybe two episodes. Yeah, he did the shitty Howie's robot oh, girlfriend. Oh god, episode. that's right. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Like can't yeah. want them all. So like he was uh, he was in my good books for a while, but he kind of lost it there. It's, uh, but it, uh, Return of the Joker's definitely got that, like, you know, like, let's finally sort of tie these two series together. and Yep. You know, it works really well. Yep, agreed. Mm. Well, I, I, I still haven't seen, like, uh, much to my shame, I still haven't seen, like, the majority of the redesign mm. episodes mm. from B, from BTAS, so I'm way behind anyway. There's there's some real choice ones in there mm-hmm. as well. Like I I understand like rejecting the look bit, but uh, the writing there's oh boy over the edge just top yep. notch. All right. Uh, Any, a- anyway, I have absolutely nothing to plug. Very well. Uh, then I will plug on your behalf something that serves all of mm-hmm. us. <laughs> Which is, sounds great. Which is Endeavor. Uh, we uh, were on another uh, my brain imposed hiatus that is uh, lifting now. Um, the the most recent episode is just being the the score is being done because it has an original score by our composer, which will always delight me. Uh, but it Ooh, is haven't uh, you done well? An episode that focuses on Jason's character Kutch. Jason had to do a very hard for him to do voice for hours and hours and fucking nailed it um uh that will be posting i would say within the next week or so yeah so uh that's ussendeavor.com jason is an outstanding performer who's been working with us like i say for like a decade and and does great work and you should check him out in that and and other stuff we've done thank you al your checks in the mail (laughs) i'm just gonna sign it back over to you you guys aren't unpaid anymore you don't get much but uh actually we pay our voice actors from our Patreon. Yeah. If you guys want to sign up for our Patreon for as little as one dollar a month, you can watch, uh, you can hear us review first uh, a progression of increasingly disappointing DC uh, straight-to-video movies, yep. and then the delightful Brave and the Bold. Yep. If you want to listen to two people just completely like lose it. Yeah, but then completely turn around yep. and say, "Hey, we're having fun again." Hey. Uh, uh, and that is patreon.com slash Algar. We post a new episode every mm-hmm. month. Um, like I say, there is there are no tiers. You you donate whatever you can afford, and you get all of it. Um, 
Let's see, our website, as ever, kidslovebatman.com. If you want to write to us, it is kidslovebatmanpodcast at gmail. Uh, I am on Twitter at Algar. I'm at, at Maggie Robots. And that's all for this. Day. I am. Oh, go ahead. I am not on any social media anymore. I noticed that. Probably for the best. It's a, it's a toxic mm-hmm. environment. Yeah, you're not wrong, but uh, I have no follow up to that. <laughs> all right, uh, that's all for this yeah. time. See you, folks. Twala drag. For more information about this show and the people who make it, visit kidslovebatman.com. To provide financial support for this show and all of the shows produced by Algar Productions, consider a pledge at patreon.com slash Algar. That's double A-L-G-A-R. The Kids Love Batman podcast is a co-production of Maggie Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Copyright 2022, Algar Productions. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.